0: Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist and your host. And on today's episode, we're discussing sexual abuse recovery and what that means. I've been wanting to talk more about sex and sexual recovery since before we debuted the show. Every time I sit down to record an episode, I get a little hinked up. It's such a big topic that I find myself not knowing where to start. So that's where I'm starting because I think in terms of healing, a lot of people we don't we don't know where to start with our healing. So I thought what might help is me going through just a random list of the ways that I help people in their sexual abuse recovery. I began studying sex officially in 1999 when I took my first sex class in college. Dr. King was brilliant at teaching us and the class always filled up, so I didn't get that class my first year of college. And one of the things that stuck with me about his teachings was that in other cultures that are not Americanized, no matter what their sexual beliefs are, they have a certain clarity. So I think most of us know or our idea or stereotype is that, you know, the French have more of a comfortability with sex and sexuality. There's a clarity there. Now, in American society, one of the issues we have with sex, sexuality, all of it is that we come from a land of so many mixed messages. Simultaneously, we have very conservative, puritanical, don't have sex till your marriage views that permeate this country. And at the same time, we have an incredibly sexualized media, Tinder, clothing is sexualized on children, younger and younger, our music lyrics, Everywhere we look, there are these mixed messages of being very sexualized and then no, 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 bad, bad, shame, shame, shame around sex. So these mixed messages that are mixed all throughout our culture as Americans are very confusing for us to deal with. When it comes to sexual abuse recovery, I think it's also a little sticky. We don't really know what are we recovering? What are we doing? So I'm going to give you a list of the ways that I have worked with people over the years because it's very individualized, but there's similarity in all of our recoveries, even as different as we each are as individuals. Maybe this list will help you pinpoint some areas where you can do some work. And if that happens, then this episode will make sense to me and I'll know why I recorded it. Just like many of you say to me, this episode may be a little all over the place, but isn't that how we process as HSPs and empaths? We're sensing and observing everything, so we're a little all over the place. So I think you'll be able to follow me, but that's my hope anyway. So one of the first things that I look at with clients are what are the messages that you grew up with? And those can be direct messages or indirect messages. A good way to start to open up to this work is what was some messaging that you were receiving about your very first crush feelings? I can remember being as young as five in kindergarten and having a crush on a little boy and being made to feel incredibly shameful about that. Another thing I work on with sexual abuse survivors And neglect survivors. So, you may have some issues in the sex department, even if you don't have a sexual abuse history. Because when we're talking sex, we're not just talking sex, we're talking intimacy, we're talking safety, we're talking trust, because there are dynamics of pleasure and pain. We're talking body positivity. Nudity is often something that I talk about with clients. And maybe this is a time where I can share a little story. I hope it makes sense. One of the things that I struggle with watching the Me Too movement, which is necessary and awesome that all of these stories are coming out and people are using their voices and speaking up and breaking silence. But one of the things that concerns me is that I don't want the younger generation to sort of see all of their interactions through an abuse or trauma lens. And it's sticky for me to talk about because I'm not justifying people's bad behavior or pressure. So the story that I want to share is that when I was 18, my boyfriend at the time pressured me to go to a nudist resort. Now, I had been raised with every Catholic message about how bad that is. I also had the mixed messaging of growing up in New Orleans. When you grow up in New Orleans, you're aware That women are flashing their breasts for beads. You're aware of that by the time you're six or seven or eight. And in some ways, if I look at that memory through an abuse or trauma lens, I was coerced. I was shamed. I was pressured. He worked me for months until I broke down and snapped and went, fine, I'll go to do this thing that I don't want to do. And I was embarrassed and I was shy I definitely wasn't a yoga teacher at the time. I was not in shape. I was not comfortable in my body, in my skin. And it felt very wrong. But something happened as I sat there on that beach topless. And I saw other people on that beach in their nudity. I started releasing the shame of it. I started seeing, wow, bodies are just bodies. It gave me a comfortability with myself that I didn't plan for, I didn't expect, but it happened. So I think there's this thing that we have to deal with as a society that we we grow out of some of the hardest things that happen to us. We grow out of some things that were wrong. Was that wrong for that man to pressure me to do that? Absolutely, 100%. Did it shake out in a way that ultimately helped me? Yes. So one of the truths of this deep, intimate work and being an emotional badass is that pain and discomfort are our greatest teachers as human beings. So my fear as Me Too and naming abuse kind of sweeps across the atmosphere is that people will feel victimized or small instead of pushing through and getting to a place of what did this teach me? Now, also what it taught me was I will never again allow someone to coerce me. So there are many lessons in that little story for me. But nudity and getting comfortable in the body, that is often a place where we do some sexual abuse recovery work. No, I will not be nude with clients. I have excellent boundaries. But I think it's important as healers in the world that we start to normalize and own sex, sexuality, being in the body, and really what that means. If you are struggling with nudity, you might want to go onto Instagram and find Nude Yoga Girl. She's doing some really beautiful activism about nude being normal and nude being different than sex and sexuality. If you've never experienced any kind of nude activity, one of the things that amazes me about it is that I will get more eye contact With clothes off than I have at bars with clothes on. This is a very interesting shift. And all of you HSP high sensation seekers, there's nothing like it to observe others and to observe yourself in that space. It's pretty fascinating. It'll teach you a lot about yourself. In recovery, we talk a lot about stretching sexually. You know, there's this fine line where to grow, we have to stretch and push ourselves. If we just constantly want to stay fully comfortable, we just stay constantly fully comfortable. You know, it's not comfortable to grow. Even if we look at a plant that's growing, it looks like it's stretching. I mean, it that that leaf is is reaching for something. It's coming out of itself. It's expanding. It's true for us as people as well. I work with people on finding their words and their language, sometimes just about their own bodies. I might sit with a client sometimes and we might just go through naming different parts of our bodies to be able to bust through the sort of quiet, silent shame of talking about our bodies. And we talk about some very basic things that need to be normalized for all of us that our bodies make noises, our bodies squish, our bodies have dry parts and wet parts. We reconnect with the ideas first, and then physically with the body. We give a lot of permissions to the body. Like my body has permission to feel pleasure. I am allowed to feel good in my body. I am allowed to make my body feel good. I am allowed to allow someone else that I choose to make my body feel good. In sexual abuse in childhood, there is a lot of confusion because we're being invited or forced to sexual things at an age that's inappropriate. So what happens to a lot of people as they are trying to be adult sexual in their own right is their inner child shows up. And often that's very confusing. And that's a place where a lot of people shut down. And if we can't name that that's going on, it's very hard to figure out how to heal that. So I work with people on how to turn to that inner child in those moments of becoming sexual. And instead of having a response of, ew, that's gross. I want to quit this. Stop. Which accidentally shames that inner child part. I want to help you turn to that part and be able to say, oh, hello, inner child. Hi. Hi, little me. No, this is not for kids. You get to go play. This is just for grown-up me. So that a survivor can start to get a sense of control over their own psyche and to empower their own psyche to deal with what is. That that inner child part, their child was brought into sex. So if I'm an adult having completely healthy, above board, adult consensual sex, that inner child part of my psyche is like, oh yeah, this is where I've been invited. Let me show up here. So I have to teach her a boundary. And when I teach her that boundary that she doesn't get to go into my adult sex play, she relaxes. Because that's me being the healthy parent for her because she did not have a healthy dad. I am being the healthy mom that she didn't have that says, no, I'm not going to let this happen to you. This isn't for little kids. This is for grownups. Go play. And she melts with relief. It's such a healthier message than what's wrong with me. And in some ways, we work to find our words, to be able to speak to our partners and tell our partners what we like sexually, what we don't like, to say yes to things and to say no to things. And we practice yeses and we practice noes. So that yeses feel safe in relationship and noes feel safe in relationship. And sometimes we work to let go of our words. Because maybe our adult sexual experiences have become too wordy, too heady instead of in the body. So sometimes the task is to learn how to be in the body. Sometimes there's a lot of gender and sexuality confusion. If we were abused by the same sex, that may confuse us. About what our desires are, what I like, what I don't like. If we're abused by the opposite sex, same thing. We might have a resistance. We might not know what is it that I genuinely am attracted to or like. So we want to make sure in sexual recovery that we're not just avoiding, that we're really exploring what it is to be fully ourselves instead of ourselves as moving away from old trauma. We cannot define ourselves healthily by simply moving away from everything bad. We have to figure out who we are, what we like, what's healthy for us, and what isn't. Sometimes what we work on in recovery is just allowing affectionate touch with ourselves or with another human being just to be affectionate touch that has nothing to do with being sexualized. Sometimes it takes getting a comfortability with another human being, that touch can be purely affectionate without being sexual. Sometimes that's the safety that we need and the safe container we need to then be able to grow up and out of that safety into a more adult sexuality. It's true when it comes to abuse recovery that often the devil's in the details. So sometimes what I work on after I have a lot of trust with someone are sort of the sights and the smells and the sounds so that we can very much separate what was assault of sexual abuse from what is enjoyable adult permission, consensual sex. Sometimes we work on masturbation exploration. Many of us who were abused as kids kind of walk around like a detached head and we wanna integrate and learn how to be in our bodies so we can enjoy our bodies. And that's a process. Sometimes we work on how to initiate sex. Sometimes that's what gets, gets shut down because if you were sexually abused as a child, someone else initiated that with you. And so sometimes initiating is very hard. I do a lot of how to talk to your partner. How to negotiate what will work for you and what will work for them. How to let go of some control issues when it comes to our bodies or the bedroom. We talk about laughter and lightness when it comes to sex. There's an appropriateness there that sex can be light and funny and fun. Sometimes we talk about pornography and how to make sure that's at a healthy amount and how to figure that out for the individual that you are. I work with a lot of people in kink communities. Yes, I said kink, K-I-N-K, so that people can have a sense of safety speaking to me about things that a lot of people carry a lot of judgments about. Because a lot of people hold that very deep and, and very quietly. Either they act out a lot with it or they hold a lot of unnecessary shame about it. So I'm a safe space to talk that out with. And there are many healers and therapists in the world who are not safe for that work, but there are many who are and who are judgment free. Sometimes I do a long-term relationship like refresh or spice up. We work on eliminating triggers. We work on playing with different aspects of being submissive or of being dominant and being able to try on these roles, maybe like an actor gets to try on different roles. We talk about the difference between exploring versus trauma recreation. We talk about pain versus pleasure. We talk about how to discuss an abuse history with a current potential partner and how to come, not from a victim place, but from a real place of empowerment, so that you get to hear yourself in that moment explain who you are and what you need to another human being from an empowered place. And that helps your partner know that they get to talk about what they want and need from an empowered place too. And ultimately, we work to change the sex story to one that we can hold internally with a sense of peace and pride and joy and pleasure So, that we're not keeping any parts of ourselves under lock and key for fear of what we might let out, or fear of shame, or fear of triggers. Know that no one has a perfect sex life or a perfect sexual relationship with themselves. Being human is messy, sex is messy, intimacy can be a little messy. And that's why we do this work to maximize what is good and to let go of what holds us back. I hope this episode gave you something that you need or helped you understand someone in your life. The sexual abuse numbers in our country and in the world are astronomical. I know my voice is reaching people right now who have still never disclosed their abuse to someone else. I hope this episode helps you access whatever needs accessing in your life. So you can be more whole if you would like to join the community at patreon And get exclusive episodes and help us keep emotional badass commercial free We would love to have your support your energy your questions in the next live stream Come find us at patreon.com backslash emotional badass I also want to thank those of you who have stopped taken a moment to go to iTunes and write us a review and give us a five-star review. It is a tremendous help on the back business end of all this podcasting stuff. And it really helps when you subscribe to the show. It helps us stay high in the ratings and it helps more highly sensitive people, survivors and empaths find this show. Y'all have been an amazing marketing team. I want to thank Ang for her sweet review. I want to thank Elena Dahlia. I want to thank Privacy Please. I want to thank Verliana. I want to thank Lindsay Farland and Wellness Cat. I feel your support. I read all of your reviews. Thank you for your efforts. Thank you for your listenership. Thank you for being the change in your world and the bigger world. Light and love. I am an emotional badass, you are an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Take care of yourselves.